So when a team doesn't do well, what do you blame? You blame the pitch, you blame the weather, you blame everything else except your performance. Apart from the anomaly of the Hyderabad-Pakistan match where the team chasing did not chase the score and lost by a big margin of 70 plus runs, the first four matches had a similar template. Win toss, hold first and get the target. It happened in the Calcutta-Madras match where Calcutta chased 130. In the Delhi-Bombay match where Delhi Chase 180 in the Gujarat Lucknow match when Gujarat also chased around 160 and in the Punjab Bangalore match when Punjab chased around 200. This is what the tournament has been so far. And will the rest of the matches be in this manner, in this mundane manner that win the toss? Hold first. Hopefully, the team batting first doesn't get more than 170, 180. And if they do, can they defend it? But then, winning the toss, holding first, chasing a target is nothing novel. It has been happening for so long. We just think, put the focus on something as mundane and as ridiculous as the toss because it's luck so there is no use talking about the toss but when it comes to these world domestic T20 competitions whether it's in Australia that is the Australian T20 league also known as the big bash league it happens in summer between December and January that is Australian summer whether it's in India that is the Indian T20 Domestic National Cup. It happened between April and May. That is the Indian summer. Or it happened in South Africa. South African one is not as popular as the former two because, well, South Africa is South Africa. You don't have too many foreign players and it doesn't have the kind of build-up, the kind of things associated with it because with such tournaments, glamour comes along with it. And the South African tournament doesn't have that kind of glamour. And unlike the Indian or the Australian tournament, which at least takes around 60 days minimum to complete, this month finishes in 20-25 days. And it happens usually in the daytime, that is the afternoon-evening period, which is or 4 o'clock local time. No one wants to watch a 20-hour match at 3 p.m. unless it's a double-headed which is a different story. Everyone prefers watching such kind of tournaments in at 7 p.m. or whatever the time has been decided. Also, the one in the Caribbean or the West Indies side of things, there is some glamour because Players from such tournaments are recruited in other teams. This happens somewhere around August, September, that is their summer time or whatever is the best time to host that tournament. And then, of course, there's one in England, which includes the 100 and other tournaments. It hasn't got that kind of action. The 100 was not even broadcasted in this part of the world 
you were dependent on digital sites to look at the score and then of course when there are no indian players involved in these tournaments why do you want to watch these tournaments what do you gain by it well let me tell you i have already told you what you what one gains by it so let's not get into that mundane discussion and then of course there zaman and chinakka five teams involved no indian players and you can see the limited budget because the matches happen quickly sometimes teams play two matches in a space of 3 days and the and the tournament finishes in 20 days unlike the 8 9th period of the australian and the indian one finishes quickly there's one also of our neighbors on the west they also have such a tournament as always no indian players involved and the players involved there may not get a chance in the indian tournament so the question is indian tournament somehow eclipses all these tournaments i have watched all of them whatever is available on television to watch because it's not on television not on digital platform also that is on the digital cable network that's the bottom line so what do these tournaments provide as i've been saying for the past 15 years such tournaments because they happen in the summer time they are like summer internships remember when after college we wanted to do summer internships in a major company and get some kind of experience and certification and notice well those moments weren't televised but such moments are televised So it's summer internships for all and sundry. Whether you are an established player or a semi-established player or totally new player in terms of being on TV and performing, when no player is new, but these tournaments give opportunities to individuals who have perhaps never performed at this level. They may have done some local tournaments. are not televised and they all happen quietly without the fanfare or the glamour involved and all the televised part of things involved well that's something which can be paid for a long time so these are some internship is an opportunity to earn an extra pocket money you are already these players especially those who are playing for that country that is active contracted players already earned a certain paycheck from their governing bodies but such tournaments gave an opportunity to earn extra pocket money we all did it everyone does it in summer so it's like a summer internship and opportunity to earn extra pocket money so that you earn a livelihood and maybe your family are comfortable and you move from a rural area to an urban area if you look at how things go this has been the major thing i want to move from a rural area from a small house to a big palace palatial kind of environment they all go for that so it's not surprising that it's a foreign player or an indian player or an established player or an indian established player that's how we do it and there are some players who don't get that kind of respect 
from the PEBT media that is the print, electronic, digital and pseudo media. But when they perform in these tournaments, the doors open to perform at the national level and not every month replicates. It's a matter of being persistent, being consistent and things can go either way. There are a lot of players who have done well in this tournament and in the non-televised tournaments, but they never get a chance to play at the national level. That's what everyone wants. Of course, the domestic club versus country debate is something which has been going on for so long. There is no solution. And then the whole question of should the governing body is not given NOC, it's fine. If the governing body decides we are not going to give an NOC to our players, especially our monkey players, who may find themselves injured as far as these tournaments are concerned, they will not. And if they don't, they don't. There is no debating. Yes, extra pocket money that comes from the players and the governing bodies also earn a chunk of the revenue, whatever the the deal is behind the door, deals happen. But sometimes money has to come other things, of course. Pseudo-nationalism versus such pseudo-loyalty is something which has always been at the heart of such debates, whether it's football or this particular tournament. Let's forget what happened in the US because there is no national team there. You only have those domestic tournaments, NFL, AFL, NBA. That's what it is. There is no national level team. There is no bilateral gimmick happening. And then the most important thing, it's a gimmick audition for the World Cup. Especially with World Cup around the corner in the next 7 months and then in the next 12 to 18 months. This is a gimmick audition for the World Cup. Whenever the World Cups are due to take place. For, this is a chance to prove to your governing body and the 5 individuals who will select you. Or whatever our number of selectors that I'm fit, I'm playing in this tournament. I can play for the national team. I was out of contention as far as the national team goes. If I perform here, will I be able to do enough? Well, that's a question which has been a raging debate for so long. I won't go into details about that, but it's a gimmick audition. It's it's not everyone will get an opportunity as far as going to the World Cup is concerned because the team can only carry 20 players and out of that 7-8 individuals have been doing the job for the past 3 years so they are not going anywhere and if a certain player doesn't perform in this tournament but is a so-called marquee player MVP for the national team they may still get a chance so it's not outright that if a certain baller or a batter who has not played for the country but wants to do it, performs well, will they get a chance? Will they be in the backups? Will they be in the reserves? That's it's a difficult proposition. There is no 
hard and fast tool that they will get a chance. What about those who were part of the team? Then they were out because of injuries or whatever other reasons. Then they started performing in this tournament when they were on that level of this being started and other individuals taking their place so it becomes a competition. What is the team looking for as far as the World Cup is concerned? Will it influence the national captain who will be watching other players perform? Because here you are playing for a domestic team you have to be loyal to that team, even if your teammate performs well, who is in another team. You will be happy inside, but you cannot show that happiness because right now you are not playing for a national team. You are playing for a gimmick tournament which has a different outlook to it. It's summer internship, it's pocket money. Perform here, you may get a chance. Not every time if we did well in summer internships or work hard for those two months were we in that zone that we would get a chance in the actual place. It never happens. It's a very dicey situation for all involved. And then everyone will judge certain individuals who want to come back into the team but the debate has always been performing in this tournament isn't good enough get a chance in the national team again have you impressed the stakeholders involved enough it's a question which can be never answered if players a lot of players have been selected faces of this tournament and other non-televised non-glamorous competitions and of course the five-day version of the same also it's a very dicey situation for everyone involved and there is no solution get a chance but you get injured again at the national level then the question will be did the player play too many matches at the domestic or was the clearance of health or clearance of fitness given by the physios of that team not good enough this debate is going to continue as long as such tournaments continue to flourish and these tournaments are in focus. Injuries are going to happen even before a player comes in, that player is injured, a player may get injured during the tournament. You have run a lot of competition and combination to take care of as far as the players and other individuals involved are concerned. So who all participate in this tournament when it comes to foreign and overseas players? So there are three kinds of individuals. Discard as in individuals who were part of the team but they did not do enough to press the governing body so they were told to go out. So they, so they decided if I'm not part of the contracted team, I'm not, I'm a inactive contracted player, I have nothing to do. I will play these tournaments all around the world. They are not retired but they are in that discard. They are not good enough to go out. Then there is a pack of retired individuals who want to extend their career beyond the game. So they come and play in these tournaments as always earn that extra profit. 
Of course, the retired group can also do it through commentary, which they always do once they think that they no longer have the energy left to play. Because at a certain age, it always happens. And then there is a group of active contracted players, the whole story of their governing bodies, their employers, giving them the no objection clearance. Okay. International tournaments are done. You can go and play, but not everyone will go. Because, of course, the whole nationalism debate comes into picture. Injuries, falling, succumbing to the virus, and so many other factors. Of course, the lure of the pocket money for the players and for the governing body is something that has to be dealt with delicately. But some boards have understood how to. Circumnavigate the situation and they have a plan through the group. They say, no, you play this tournament first and then if you don't feel the fatigue, you can always go and play for the domestic teams. Or you can go home and take a rest and be away from the bubble. So there are three kinds of players. When it comes to Indian players, if you have been selected by this you are an active player, you have no option but to participate. Otherwise, you may find yourself out of the national team because it's uh, understanding between the management of these teams and the governing body that if we have selected these players and these players are also in the national contract, then they have to play unless they are injured, to succumb to the virus or other things happen. So Indian players, unless something happens, they have to play each and every game unless of course the team management of that team decides, okay for this match, you are given a break or you are out because you are not performing. But that happens 0.1% of the time. If you are an active contracted Indian player, you have to play. So then comes the question Should players be penalized, whether it's especially the foreign players? Should foreign players be penalized for not participating for whatever reasons? I think they should not be penalized for not participating whether it's injury or fatigue or whatever. It doesn't matter if the team have paid a humongous amount to contract them. They have a contract, they have an understanding. If some players opt out, I respect those players. I respect them. It means they have taken a decision that they don't want to be injured and then find themselves out of the national team as well. This debate is ongoing for decades. Of course, the Indian cricket board or the organizer of this tournament is always under pressure by the by that particular team or the teams that we want these players that they don't play penalize them. But I don't think they should be penalized because that's not the way things work. And the policy should be fixed. Alright, if you don't have too many so-called foreign players to start retire or active contract, then it's fine. Have more Indian players play, it's fine, it's not the end of the world. 
you have to be flexible. You can't be rigid in these situations. Those who don't want to pay, they have a choice. They may lose out on money and capital and having a televised opportunity, but they don't want to be injured. And of course, even if they say things like, I want to be with my family and such reasons, it's fine. Won't affect the dynamics, whatever the plans the team have. So for me, they should not be penalized. There should be uh, understanding between the governing bodies, the team management of such teams, and the players. That if I'm not coming, we'll have another replacement because they will be in the bubble. They cannot move out of that bubble and. Because the virus can come at any time, and then if they have already played enough at the national level, where they're already in the bubble, then to come here and continue that bubble bath is something they don't want. So I think it should be left to the discretion of the players. If they feel they have done enough, move on. So don't make it into a big deal if players are not available. Things change. Time to be flexible. If they are not available, they are not available. Thank you.